morning, good evening, Patriots. And it's Sunday, October 15th in the year 2023. Running a little late tonight. Got back from California just a little bit ago. Easy drive up through the mountains. and Had a nice six-hour ride with Jesus. So I guess we have to rename tonight's show Riding or Driving with Jesus instead of Walking with Jesus. But it was awesome. It was a really great day. Amazing last few weeks in fact it's been i've been gone for uh four weeks i guess now almost five and uh, we had a week in bards fest and i had a week up in ohio week at men's camp week oh i've, I've been gone five weeks wow because i had the week leading up to bards fest so it's pretty amazing so that's great and it's nice to be back step into the studio and just kind of chill a little bit so it's good so before we get going tonight um we know how crazy these people are. They're insane. That are running the world. So last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies, which is, should come as no surprise, and digital IDs on their respective populations. That shouldn't come as any surprise either. Central bank digital currencies essentially allow governments to track every purchase you make, which you should know that by now. They even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products and easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Essentially, they enable the government to take more control over your finances, which is what these psychopaths want. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group, which has been with us now for well over a year. Fantastic folks. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold today, definitely. But you don't have to call them. Instead, what you do is you text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. So again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. And they're going to send you a free info, call, info kit on gold. So the easiest way is to read that info packet and become informed so that you can become a Birch Gold customer. And especially if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just kind of gathering dust, which it really doesn't gather dust because it's virtual, but you get the idea. Then you can have Birch Gold convert it to an IRA in gold, and you won't even have to pay a single penny out of pocket. That's pretty awesome. So text BARDS to 989898 to get your free info packet on gold, then call them. That would be step two. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to fall back on since digital currency will want to take everything from your life and suck the life out of you and turn you into a cyborg and whatever else. It's the first step in transhumanist control. That's what that is. And it's good. A lot has happened. A lot has happened in the last few weeks. And it's, uh, it's been intense, it's been incredible, it's been freeing, it's been emotional. Um, we've ended up with a bunch of drama in our Telegram family room, which I can't stand. I hate drama. So if you're creating that drama, stop and go read the Bible and quit being a, a tech or a, a, a social media drama queen. Stop it. If you don't agree with the things I say, quit trying to create drama out of it. You know what I can't stand, and most of all, is when people don't agree with something I've said here, and so they want to take it in to make a big argument and create a big hubbubaloo on social media because they have such worthless lives. And I mean this. If you're out here causing problems, here's your choice. You don't have to listen to the channel. You can go away and go find somewhere else. 
If you want to listen to the channel, channel, then participate in good, constructive conversations about Jesus. But if those things don't fit with you, then just go somewhere else. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really that simple. But instead, people have to go grind it on the Telegram. So the good news is, for you that are grinding in the Telegram family room, the Telegram family room is going to be turned off in about 16 days. It will be removed. It will no longer exist. I can hardly wait. And it's going to be no more Telegram for Bars Nation. And then you're going to have all these people that are over there living on Telegram. They're going to be like, I don't know what to do anymore. The purpose of my life has fallen apart. I can't spend my days on Telegram complaining about what Scott says on Bart's FM. <laughs> Your whole purpose of existence now fell out the floor. That's kind of the idea of it. Like, rip the rug out from it. Get tough. Be a man. So that's coming up in about 18 days. Yep, there it is. So you can you can tell I'm highly attached to Telegram. Like, oh, whatever. I hate I hate social media drama. We are going to have a new forum coming up on our website, which we're meeting with about again tomorrow, which is awesome. I'm excited about it. It'll be worthwhile, and you will, uh, and it will be much better. And we're going to invite Resistance Nation over to join us in that. And there'll probably be some people from Glad Tidings Church that will join us in that. And of course, then we'll probably, and who knows who is. But if you are doing drama on social media, you are not paying attention to Jesus. Because the last time I checked, Jesus did not walk around the world speaking the gospel, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, and doing greater things like walking on water while holding a cell phone and complaining about his day on social media. That's not in the Bible, just so I say it. And, and I can tell you that with absolute fact, it's not in the Bible. So don't be one of them. That's the bottom line. Hey, one other thing real quick, and then we're going to dig into some nice stories tonight. Um, there is obviously a lot of nervousness about what's going on out in the world. And, oh, look, at an open and on social media, which is where all the drama happens. And so every time you turn on the news, you hear about some sort of crime, which is no surprise because that's the dirty laundry they sell. And societal decay, which is, that's what sells. Let's face it, people like drama. That's, that's the bottom line. So shut it all off. And instead, what you want to do is you want to start practicing and getting better with your firearm. So if you, read, if you hear all the news and stuff and you run out and buy a gun and you're like, I'm going to get a gun, and you don't practice with it, it's not a good idea, by the way. Probably a bad thing. If you saw Deer Hunter and saw what happens when you put five rounds in a six-round chamber and spin the chamber and play Russian roulette, the outcome is not one I would recommend, okay? So instead of doing something crazy like that, especially when the social media drama gets so high, you want to load six rounds in a six-round ch chamber and spin it because it gets that dumb, do something constructive. Buy iTarget Pro, iTarget Pro. Go over to iTargetPro.com. That's a letter I, the word target, T-A-R-G-E-T.com. And you're going to use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and that's going to give you 10% off, and you're going to use that to get one of the coolest practice systems on the market. It ties in with your phone. It has an app. You can use, It has a laser bullet for your firearm. You're going to do dry fire practice, so every time you click it, it transmits that laser, and the app reads where the laser hits, and it allows you to practice 
in the safety of your home. And dry fire training is used by the pros, which I'm not a pro, but that's how I was trained. And it's by some of the best. That's one of the best things to do. So you'll be able to practice in the comfort of your home, practice safely, and know, just so you know, when you shoot, when you pull the trigger and it hits the laser bullet, there is no primer that causes it to detonate. Just so I get that clear. This is a laser bullet. And it registers on the target and it registers on your phone and you can start practicing your accuracy. And the best part is you can work with your children, your wife, your friends, all in the safety of the home. Everybody gets better at their skill set. You get to save money on ammo, save time at the from the range. And then when you do go on the range, you're going to be like Rambo or something. It's pretty cool. So head on over to itargetpro.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and you'll be very happy. Okay. This is all about raising a Bards Rambo Nation. That's what this is really about. So that's what it is. Hey, so we had an intense last week, and you've heard a lot of stories, and I, and I have a lot of stories. I shared one this morning, and I want to share it tonight because it was really moving, and um, it was a great way to finish off the week, and it really underlines the power of prayer. Now, on Thursday, just so I say it, I went over to Thursday, and I was able to minister. I was there at Glad Tidings, the Church of Glad Tidings all week, I was on the prayer team, which is the deliverance prayer team. I worked with Brian Derrico, Alicia Derrico, and there's those folks. Um, if you didn't get a chance to watch Isaiah 61, please do. It was worth it. It's powerful. But also be prepared. It's probably going to shake some stuff in your life. The idea of deliverance is really to break us free from the chains and burdens that we have and to try to... Set it, reset ourselves in such a way that we can enter more closely into the body of Christ and be more true with him. And it really is a fantastic healing process. There is the dramatic things like shaking out demons, which I have done, and I've, I've run into some pretty ugly ones. And there's also this place of inner healing, which is really the deeper work of trying to get deep into what those things are in your heart and through prayer, being able to let the Holy Spirit show us where that, that pain is and to be able to pray into it and heal through various processes, even cut soul ties or pray into that and, and always trying to get Jesus to in, be involved with that healing so that we become stronger, better, and more free. Obviously, the goal of all of this is to set ourselves free, keep ourselves free, and help others to set themselves free. That's the goal. So last night, we had a I went to church last night at the Church of Glad Tidings. It was a beautiful, long worship, by the way, long worship. And it was winding down at the end of the night, and there was they were doing one more worship session, and I was getting tired. And so we started to head out. Now, if you remember CJ, she gave her testimony at Bards Fest. And um, she was an SRA, which is Satanic Ritual Abuse Victim. She's also an incredible prayer warrior. And um, she has the sight to see into the spirit, which is really amazing. It's great working with her on deliverance, by the way. So we're walking out, and there's a man sitting there in the chair, hunched over. His, his chin is on his chest. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, pray for him. So as I put my hands up on him and reached down to ask him if I can pray, I realize he's passed out, and he's in pretty rough shape. Let's leave it at that. But he was in really rough shape. So I began praying on him, and CJ came up alongside, and her husband Rick was behind us, and we began to pray with him. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, go in front of him and, and pray and face him. 
So we begin praying and uh, probably one of the most emotional and beautiful praying sessions I have done. It was truly touching. And as we got deep into this, and he was kind of mumbling out a very difficult to understand testimony of where he was at. He had taken a lot of drugs and he had taken a, a drink, a bottle, a, what it looks like of 151 and had come to the church to die last night. And we weren't going to let him die last night. That wasn't his time. So I prayed and we prayed and we prayed and CJ prayed and the beautiful part of working with, when you're working in teams where people get accustomed to working each other with, with each other, there's, there's this kind of a, a dance you do. So on the way to say it. And I mean, I get to this point now where I'm really praying life into him and I'm just overcome with the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you honestly, folks, I, and I'm just, I say this very humbly and, and really feeling very blessed that this last five weeks has transformed me in a way I did not expect to be transformed. I mean, I am f more free than I've ever been. I am uh, more connected in the Holy Spirit than I ever thought possible. And last night was a great example because I'm literally, as I'm praying, I can start to feel his pain. And I'm praying into this and we're praying life into him and I'm starting to see him in the Spirit. He's literally sitting on the edge of the abyss to fall in and just let himself die. And I'm praying and I'm asking the Father to, you know, let's bring him back. Let's bring him back. We need to raise the dead. And we prayed and we prayed and I'm just pouring tears. I mean, literally, I'm just I'm feeling all this. It's an incredible moment. I have my hands on, uh, I think at this point, I have my hands kind of up on his heart and his chest or his shoulders. And we're just praying and praying. And CJ is now shifted from praying on him to praying on me, which is just making sure that there was nothing that was coming at me. And it was just a beautiful dance to watch all this happen. CJ's husband, Rick, is right behind. He's reading scripture and praying. And, and um, I start to see in the, in the God, uh, Jesus gives me the right to see inside, you know, into the spirit. And we start to see this gunk in his heart. And I start reaching up and just grabbing this gunk, and pulling it out. And every time I pull it out, he jerks and he starts crying. And we were just cleaning all this nastiness out of it, spiritually speaking, right? And as we continue this, I, I look up from this prayer, and I'm, like I said, I'm just, tears are flowing, and I see he's got his head back and his eyes up, and he's singing with the worship, which was so incredibly moving. And so we finally got him to the point where he was, his eyes were open, um, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, okay, that's enough. And we kind of step back. And the most amazing thing was to see how far he went. This was a man that had come here to die. He came to the church to die last night. And it was a man that walked, stood up and walked out with his eyes wide open, brilliant blue, and just looking fantastic. And all of that, all of that was through prayer. Prayer is one of our greatest weapons. It's one of our greatest tools of healing. It's one of the greatest gifts God gives us. And the thing about prayer is we, we need to be persistent and we can't let up. We pray without ceasing, literally. And the, the challenge ultimately that I find is that when we get into these sort of deliverance modes, 
there is an expectation, usually unspoken, that this is going to be real quick. Like, I cast that demon out and that person's going to be fine. And everybody loves the demons. And they're there, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is a very demonized world right now. But the problem is that demons are not, I mean, they're there, but even if you get the demons out, what you have left is the deep, corrosive things that have happened inside. And that leaves you with having to do inner healing. And inner healing is the deeper part of praying into it and finding those things to find and identify and to heal, literally. But how do we heal? And we heal by praying into it and asking Jesus for that assistance to heal things, to break off bonds or chains that bind us to things. And it just, from the outside, it looks so innocuous. It's like, oh, you all are just praying and someone's going to just be like, what is that? You know, like, what, what are you guys doing? What is so amazing is the power of this. When we start to really dig into understanding the power of prayer and healing and inner healing, and even the deliverance part of that, where you're typically casting out some nasty demon. But not all demons have to be nasty. I mean, you have to look, this is a demonized world. We don't even like to say that. We like to talk about this world as like, oh, this is a world for my Toyota, my Toyota or my Mercedes or whatever it is. This is a world that is material second and spiritual first. We live in the inversion of that. We believe it's a material world first and spiritual second, and it's not. And because of that, we're walking in here unprepared for a lot of what we're being exposed to on a daily basis. The spirit world is real. And if you can't see it, it doesn't mean it's not real. And that's my point is the more you, more you pray, the more you reach to it, the more you're given as gifts to see. The spirit world is very real. And there's a lot of, in the spirit world that's very ugly. And that's where they like to attach onto people or get inside of you and cause you problems. And ultimately, there's a lot of the sickness and health, mental issues that all stem from the spirit world. And it's very real. And the more that we can understand it, the more that we can cast them out or take them, break them off, the quicker and more and most biggest thing is not only quick, but often it's miraculous healing, absolutely miraculous healing when it comes together. And that's essentially what we were doing all week at Isaiah 61. It's a uh, great conference, and it was a great way. And so this, kind of go back to this story. This man was praying into him, praying into him. And he starts to get some movement going. And I reach up then, I just pulled him and gave him a hug, which is the picture, there's a picture, I think Nikki may have put it up, of me doing that last night, Rick took it. And I just pulled him in, I just, and I just said, I said, I want you to feel the love of the Father and just bring him in. It's amazing what happens when you tell somebody you love them. It's amazing what happens when you bring somebody and give them a hug. And it's amazing how much that heals. And, and it also breaks down strongholds in the heart especially. So those strongholds here are long-time wounds. These go way back. And you can feel it. He just had his head on my shoulder and just cried. This is a grown man, like I'm a grown man. And the problem we have is that in our culture, we don't like to 
we don't really believe in the power of these sorts of things to heal. It's better to give somebody a drug and send them to an insane asylum. And yet this is where the real healing is, and this is the grace of our Father that gives us that. And so here's a man that has been at the Church of Glad Tidings for a long time. This is not a rebuke. He's been prayed on a lot. Not a lot of progress has been made, but he came in a night to die. And I'm so grateful the Holy Spirit pointed him out. And between the three of us, we were able to pray into him and give him life again and truly watch him walk out of that church, a transformed man. He still has a struggle ahead of him, and hopefully the prayers that we gave will give him strength to carry on. But I know that from where he was to when he walked out was two different people. And that's really incredible. So that's really, you know, that's our most powerful tool and our most powerful weapon that we have in this war, which is prayers. Now, one of the things that... um, we, I'm going to touch on here because it is almost midnight and we do need to start planning on what we're going to do in the morning besides just getting up. We need to establish some rituals in the morning, patterns, training patterns, because this is a war. So here's what I'm going to suggest. And I talked a little bit about it today. So for some of you that was, were in prayer, we had fantastic prayer Sunday, solid two hours of prayer and prayer requests. And just so I highlight it too, when you're praying for healing, be decisive. Declare healing. You know, Father God, I want, I'm declaring healing over this cancer, as an example. Declare it. Be decisive. You don't have to go up there and negotiate with God. Oh, by the way, God, I don't know if you feel like it today, but maybe if you feel like it and you got a little inkling and maybe a little nudge, maybe you'll think about um, reaching down and healing my aunt um, who has an ingrown toenail, and I'd like you to do that. I mean, that's... Try this. Jesus... My aunt has an ingrown toenail, and I declare healing over this. That would be, that would be the more appropriate way that the groveling fool is trying to, you know, before God. You know, should we heal? God said, heal the sick. There's really no negotiation there, so we kind of move forward, right? But in the morning, it's important that we get up and we have a ritual that will give us strength and walk through the day. So here's what I'm going to suggest, and really something to think about. I think it's really important. We have to begin in the morning. This is me, but I I feel very strongly about this because I like to begin my day in the morning sitting quiet, listening to the voice of God and seeking his face. It means like nothing in your mind. Just sit quiet and focus on, on literally seeing our Father. It's pretty amazing when that happens. And seek his face. And that's the quiet mind presence within the Holy Spirit that you're just kind of letting that communication flow. Next, after that, we'll say roughly 20 minutes of that. And then next, step into reading some scripture. So you're starting to marinate in the word. And I would say, in this case, like about 20 minutes of that, of reading scripture and then just meditating on that scripture for a little bit, maybe 10 more minutes or so. So it's kind of just set into you. So now we're at roughly 50 minutes. And then go through a process of repentance, asking God to forgive you for those sins, known or unknown. Make sure and ask him if you don't know what you're repenting for, or if if it's an unknown, ask him what it is and where it happens so you can be clear on what you're trying to correct. And then when you do that, then read Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 and get your armor on each day. So that's that's kind of your simple four-step process, but one more thing 
then spend 20 minutes or so doing physical exercise. That is a fantastic morning ritual. Now, some of you, like me, would have to begin that with a quad espresso. That would be important because in the morning when you are tired and you don't have your quad espresso, those moments when you sit quiet to the Lord turn into moments where you snore. And that is very not very polite to God. So don't be one of those. Get your quad espresso, sit quiet, be with, be with the Lord, and then continue on. So this is kind of a routine that I use. And then, like I said, the last part is to do some physical exercise, which everybody needs. We need more of. This is the preparations for the battle, which is we're into right now. And these things are essential. Now, there's some other things I want people to be aware of. I'm touching a lot of topics tonight, but they're all relative to what we're dealing with. We are in an accelerated war right now. The demonic realm is cranking it up. And those that are awake on the Christian side, in the Jesus side, I should say, need to get serious about what we're going to do. Now, one thing to understand is that no matter where you are, there is not a perfect time to join this fight and to be focused on those gifts and talents that God gave you. So you might be dealing with some personal issues. You might be dealing with financial issues. You might be dealing with a lack of a car and the stresses that brings. Or maybe you got free. I don't know. If you didn't have a car, that's an interesting idea. But my point of all this is that all of these things can be distractions to your greater calling. And we have to realize what's going on here. We have to be able to keep our focus and what our calling is right before us at all times. That's important and how we do that. And as we do that, we're becoming more effective in the body of Christ. These other things in your life, whether it's you're having to work a full-time job, you're getting to deal with drama stuff, whatever it is, or you've maybe you've now switched over and decided to go move into a park and camp or something, whatever that is. But all of these things that are stresses, we have to literally separate the stresses from the, the will of God. God is guiding us, and if we lean into him, all these things that come before us, whatever they appear, should not have stress because God is guiding us. And even more is what I personally believe is when we're working these other issues, like you're trying to get into a new apartment and at the same time you're having to work a job and then you're trying to do your your daily prayer sessions in the morning, you're exposed, and the enemy knows you're exposed. And, I, and so I think that a lot of this, some of this chaos anyway, and the transitions when we're moving from Babylonian to kingdom area, and you're spending more time in the Word, much of what these other distractions are doing is making it difficult for the enemy to identify you. Understand that, the, that God is working a pseudo-camouflage with all of this to kind of keep us separated from this enemy that is, continues to grow. And so don't look at some of the distractions as a burden, but rather look at them as elements of digital or spiritual camouflage. And it's getting you ready to deal with a multifaceted war on both a spiritual and physical realm. And we have to be able to juggle these things. And that's ideal. Because if we're just, if all we're doing out here is just simply walking in the comfort and not being challenged in our faith in any way, and being challenged to have to juggle life, and all we're doing is just living in this sort of hermetic world where all we have to do is just read the scripture, get up, sip our tea, lift your little pinky when you do it, 
and then call it a day. I don't think Jesus drank tea. Maybe he did. Jesus might have probably did have tea, in fact, probably some sort of chai. Seems to be pretty popular in the Middle East. Could be a black tea. But however that is, we need to be dedicating ourselves very effectively to the kingdom. And we need to come up with these patterns and then framework of how we're going to do things every day. We've talked a lot about this over time, but I'm really zeroing in hard on this. I'm going to talk a lot about it this week. It's us getting deeper in the world, word. It's us being more armored up in, in the days that we walk. It's us using the gifts and talents that we're giving to amplify them and become better in kingdom. It's us becoming apostles in the world and fighting off an enemy and slaying it all the time. And that begins with good foundations, good roots, and the things that we need every day. And good foundations and good roots, again, are rooted in our principles of discipline, of training and warfare. And training and warfare, in this sense, is all centered around a single book, which we would loosely call the Field Manual of God, also known as the Bible, which is a nice word that you might want to remember. So get yourself a good Bible. Seriously, the Founder's Bible is awesome. There's many out there. I think it's the best Bible for our time. Get yourself a good Bible. And as we work each day with these other things, make sure and spend time marinating in the Word a bit. And that gives us, again, we're, we've got armor up here, and we've got this process of, as we've worked through, trying to balance work and life, and then we have a Bible that we look forward to reading. We need to read it every day. And now we're in the, we are in that money spot, so to speak, where we are literally making traction. And we're starting to make traction against the schemes of the devil, which is fantastic. The devil's cagey. And the devil splits truths, and it makes it difficult to often identify the devil. But trust me, when you're doing deliverance with evil, you see that sort of reflection of the devil in everything that they do. And that's where we have to also become effective in, in the tools of warfare so we know how to wage war and how to win victoriously as Christ already gave us the win in the kingdom. So what does winning look like? Winning looks like the rise of love over hate. Winning looks like the casting out of parasitic demons and replacing them truly with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Love looks like giving your life to Jesus and having fellow brother, brethren around you to celebrate that moment with you. But in all of this, love is probably, beyond anything, the most effective weapon in every war. And I bring this up because there's a lot of cool things that happen in deliverance and healing, but never forget the simple act of giving somebody love and, and bringing in, in prayer as much as you can that love of Christ. Because there we begin to really win and take the high ground in ways that the enemy can't compete. And we have to keep that focus. We have had amazing stories this last week. We really have. We've had people just, a guy last night was one. We had a massive deliverance session on Friday. Somebody who had had a tremendous amount of abuse when they were young. That was a straight-up demon fight. We won that. She was set free. We've had one young man freed from gay sex, which was 
That was a big one. So happy that happened. But he did, and I give him a lot of credit for being courageous to be able to speak that testimony into the world ultimately and cast that off. And that's the sidebar. If you think that this is, if we're dealing with any reason, like some sort of strange reason why people are changing gender, it's all spiritual. It is all spiritual. We've just had deliverance and going to a deliverance conference, especially with the way this is done, is learning those tools that will be effective to save people and bring their lives around, but not being limited to just casting out demons, but also getting into that inner healing. And it's just so, so important. That's where much of the trauma rests, and it's what causes the festering over time. It's what causes the, the difficulty of really, I don't know if I want to say difficulty, but I think, you know, deliverance is by definition casting out demons. And if we don't understand inner healing with this, we're missing a big part of this because the inner healing is truly opening ourselves up emotionally so you can see clearly inside and then to heal those wounds in such a way that they don't burden us anymore. So like that's the cool, the cool guy work is casting out demons that deeper healing work is where really the long-term healing rests and it's so important. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do here is we're trying to save lives and bring people back and make them a bigger part of Jesus. So let's pray. Father, we wanna to pray tonight just for the tools to be used in this war and centering on prayer. And we just ask for the blessings to pour down upon each and every listener right now, that they'll be anointed to be truly prayer, gifted in prayer, to be able to support with prayer, heal with prayer, discern with prayer, and to use these tools in a magnificent way to, to heal the sick, heal the broken, cast out demons, and even raise the dead. So thank you, Father, for the gift that you've given us and all that we are in this world. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Paige, it's a little shorter show tonight. I am not going to kid you. I'm dragging a little bit. It's been a long day, long day of driving, long, long, long of the weeks. But I want to thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here every day. And uh, we're going to have a pretty intense week. Be good. Three shows back to three shows a day starting tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Pacific. So get yourself ready. It's going to be a, a lot of stuff we're going to go over. Fisher's shows now starting on Monday are going to be dedicated to healing and uh, deliverance and prayer. And that's kind of its main focus. We want to get that done. So that'll be the evening shows. And the morning shows will continue to be you know, just a quick snapshot of the craziness in the world with a lot of prayers and focus for our nation. And then midday or evening in Bards FM, you, it, never, it doesn't change. So, Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow. At, at, you need to be there at 6 a.m. Pacific time. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bat at evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. 
So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning. For, for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. 
We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.